the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, we'd like to welcome you to Take 10. Dr. Jamie in the background, and we'll introduce him in a moment. Take 10 comes to you every week, and we deal with mental health issues that involve caregivers, care recipients, and others. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Jamie Heisman, a nationally known psychotherapist and expert on addictions and caregiving. He serves as Chief Compassion Officer for Wellman Medical Management. Dr. Jamie is a licensed clinical social worker, earned his doctorate in psychology, cum laude from the Southern California School of Professional Studies, his MSW Master's in Social Work from Barry University School of Social Work, and his BA Magna Cum Laude from the University of Florida. Dr. Jamie, you are one smart dude. Our other co-host, and we're delighted to have her as well, is Carol Zernio, a nationally recognized gerontologist, named one of the nation's top 50 influencers on aging by Next Avenue. She holds a master's degree in social gerontology and has been in the field of aging for some 30 years. Carol serves as executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation and senior vice president of social responsibility for WellMed Medical Management. Carol, Dr. Jamie, great to have both of you on Take 10. So, Dr. Jamie, uh, one of the things we talk about with you is your expertise in addictions and caregiving. Talk to us about the impact of the pandemic and a recent study that shows a huge increase in alcohol-related deaths. Well, it's, it's no wonder to myself or any colleagues of mine, and certainly I'm sure Carol and her colleagues in gerontology, that that would be the outcome. Let's face it, dysregulation or the body feeling unsafe uh, promotes the concept of how do I feel safe as a human being? How do I feel safe as a caregiver? How do I feel safe in my skin? And so instead of going within and really putting your two feet on the ground, taking care of your mind, your body, your spirit, we tend to disassociate. We tend to escape. We tend to do drugs, do alcohol, find any way, social media to, to leave the present. And so it doesn't surprise me in the least, and I'm sure it doesn't surprise any of you, that addictions are the result or certainly the byproduct of this pandemic as well. Is everyone at risk to be an addict or does it take some kind of genetic component? Well, that's a great question, Ron. <clears throat> We've come to think, right, that genetics plays a huge role. That it's a genetically predisposed condition. However, I must say that there's a lot of uh, evidence now that that is true. But psychologically, just like a conditioned sort of animal in, in a cage, we too can create the neural pathways in our mind to become an addict, even without gen genetic predisposition. It's kind of called a habit, if you will. So yes, we've seen it genetically predisposed in a lot of alcohol and drug cases, but things like this, basically the pandemic, ways to disassociate, finding ways to get our way around things instead of into things also is it. I think for our listeners, I'll, I'll give you the easiest definition of an addiction and let them make their own interpretation. So an addiction is doing any behavior at all 
despite adverse consequences, because the body's just not used to passive suicide or self-destructing. We're used to thriving. So to do any behavior despite adverse consequences can be considered an addiction. And when you say adverse consequences, you mean? You name it, Ron. When you're on your knees and your marriage is falling apart, your sons and daughters are fleeing elsewhere, you're losing your job, you're losing your mind, you're entering the world of a twilight zone where you don't even recognize yourself. All of these are adverse consequences. How about with smoking? How about lung cancer? The byproduct of, of that over time, um, you know, bad particles in the in the world and the way it, poll- it pollutes our system is an adverse consequences. So, you know, you don't have to be a doctor to to follow the the condition. And I think our, our listeners can can probably make you know their interpretations as well from that. Yeah, I mean, an example might be where you don't think of it as a destructive habit is uh, people who have shopping. Uh, addictions where, you know, they go to on the online shopping or the QVC and spend more money than they have. It's very similar to gambling, but they're getting something for it. And they may not realize that's destructive until they check out their bank account or can't pay their bills. You're right. You know, Carol, that's it's an endorphin high. So to some extent, you know, it is not as much genetics as, as your brain chemistry feeling better. It's almost an illusion. So that's shopping creates what in somebody's mind who hasn't looked at their own self, hasn't gone into their own complex trauma, hasn't looked at their own depression, uh, an escape, a way to connect to their own endorphins, a way to get out there. And that's the way they kind of calm themselves down. So addiction is really kind of, um, how do I say this? But it's a way to calm an autonomic nervous system down through pathology, okay, instead of through health and healing. You just joined us, you're listening to Take 10, I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zorniel and Dr. Jamie, Dr. Jamie Heisman. We're talking about the pandemic and a new study that shows alcohol-related deaths went up during the pandemic. And from what I hear from Dr. Jamie, that's not a surprise. It's not, Ron. And if you take it one step further, okay, let's talk about uh, anger as an addiction, okay, or behavior and habits. So the pandemic created these close quarters between partners between children, we had to live together, we were isolated, we couldn't go outside. So all of a sudden, all of these disassociating type of behaviors pop up. You know, we were able to get rid of our spouse now and then to work, right? And be able to calm ourselves down and get ready for the next time. But you'll see that there's a lot of disassociation that came out of this pandemic. And whether it was smoking, whether it was drinking, whether it was anger, whether it was domestic abuse, all these behaviors kind of pathologically in some way calm down a person that's not looking into themselves and embracing the issues. A friend of mine who's a family lawyer told me that during the height of the pandemic, divorce filings went way down. They are now going way up. Pandemic is over and people look at themselves and say, you know, I don't want to be here anymore. Exactly. Exactly. You see that with the resignation, everything existentially has come to us. Now, a lot of things that the pandemic has done has had us look inside has had us to take care of our mind and our body and our spirit. And there are those who certainly did that. Those who kind of go out and disassociate, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's some sort of, like Carol said, shopping all the time, uh, they found another way. And unfortunately, they're going to have to find their way back because there's going to be a lot of adverse consequences all around them. You know, we use the term self-medicate for people who uh, may resort to alcohol or, uh, for example, some drugs in a way to deal with the kind of stress spikes they're feeling. As you begin to self-medicate, do you then walk down that slippery slope? Absolutely, Ron. In fact, I love for everybody to self-medicate with breath work, with meditation, with yoga, 
with ways to really get in touch with themselves, with going to their therapist every week and, and self-medicate that way. Because that would be a calming way to turn inside. But when you really self-medicate uh, is exactly what an addiction is. It's like taking care of the dysregulation, this unsafety that we're feeling inside of ourselves and using outside stimuli and substances. Do people know they have a problem? Well, I think they certainly do when their entire loved ones and family system or jobs come around them and say, you do have a problem. Now, when you're in the middle of it and you're going down that rabbit hole and you're seeing it as a habit, sometimes you don't. You feel that this is a part of it. And that's what denial is all about. So with the little time that we have left, Jamie, so if people do realize they have a problem or are worried they might be going down, sinking, you know, what's something to help lift people up? What's something accessible they can easily get their hands on to help themselves? Well, you know, it's incredible to learn th- about ourselves, right? But it's not enough. Any self-help book will tell you about it. I think people themselves sometimes can't see it. But, you know, Carol, you're running a phenomenal caregiver organization. The loved ones around them can't. I know that my biggest problem years ago, you know, when I had it was my family came to tell me things were wrong. Something wasn't right. So I think if you do have this issue, you great. Then you're in the middle of self-awareness. If you're a family member and somebody has it, I think you need to approach them or approach a professional for sure. But in the, at the end of the day, um, if your loved one is not what your loved one has consistently been and it's starting to be somebody different, um, I think you got to take notice, get involved and get engaged. So you can confront the person. Well, Maybe yeah. confronts the wrong word. Yeah, it is. In fact, you can get a professional, if you will, to gain a lot of information and a lot of knowledge of what intervention's about, how to carry it off, and really start with a patient or the loved one is at rather than where you think they're at. I tell you the messenger on this one, and Carol knows this too well from a caregiver organization, will get killed. You have to go to the professionals and ask for their advice and their planning. Carol, you get the is last there a word. a website you could go to to learn about addictions? Well, you know, AA and NA, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous has been the going places. If you, if you need help yourself, you can go to places like intherooms.com. But obviously, you can reach out. You know, the Area Agency on Aging has great departments, too, that can send you to the right resources. Go to psychology. I'll stop you there. We're flat out of time, Dr. Jamie. Sorry. Thanks for joining us on Take 10. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.